Hi, I'm Randy Weddle. I'm your host for Creation Anew. I pastor two churches in Indiana, Community Church of Mooresville, located in Mooresville, Indiana, and I also pastor Mount Pleasant Christian Church, located in the great town of Hall, Indiana. And this podcast is designed to challenge both believers in Jesus Christ and those who don't believe. I want to challenge believers to grow in their faith. And I want to challenge non-believers to take a serious look at the Bible. Are you ready? Let's get started. Well, hello again, everybody. Randy Weddle here with Creation Anew, and I welcome you to the podcast, and I thank you for joining me today. What in the world are we going to talk about? Well, I have a question. Have you ever opened your mouth without thinking? Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. Have you ever have you ever made a promise and then later think back and go, "Whoa, I shouldn't have done that." Yeah, me too. Yeah. And there's something about promises or a vow uh or an oath that um you know, in within the human heart, we still value um, the, the the sacredness of an oath. Now, I know that there's some people out there that have the the idea that the ends justify the means, and if they need to make a promise uh, that they n- never intend to keep uh, just to get what they want, then they'll do it. But you know what? A lot of people are not real. They're not real happy when they're lied to. And they think still that promises should be made carefully and should be kept. And in the Bible, we find that very thing. Did you know oaths or vows or promises in the Bible are very important to God? If you make a vow to God, um, you, you need to for the most part you need to keep it now I say for the most part so as we go down this road about vows and promises and oaths we're gonna see all the ins and outs because there is a story and when I say story I don't mean that it's made up this is an account in scripture about a very foolish foolish vow that is made so where we're going to go is we're going to go to Judges. We're going to go to chapter 11, and we're going to read verses 29 through 40. Actually, you're not, well, you'll read it silently, and I'm going to read it to you. Okay, so here we go. Judges 11:29 through 40. Now the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah, so that he passed through Gilead and Manasseh, Then he passed through Mizpah of Gilead, and from Mizpah of Gilead he went on to the sons of Ammon. Jephthah made a vow to the Lord and said, If you will indeed give the sons of Ammon into my hand, then it shall be that whatever comes out of the doors of my house to meet me when I return in peace from the sons of Ammon, it shall be the Lord's, and I will offer it up as a burnt offering. So Jephthah crossed over 
to the sons of Ammon to fight against them, and the Lord gave them into his hand. He struck them with a very great slaughter, from Aror to the entrance of Mineth, twenty cities, and as far as Abel, Karamim. So the sons of Ammon were subdued before the sons of Israel. When Jephthah came to the house, or came to his house at Mizpah, behold, his daughter was coming out to meet him with tambourines and with dancing. Now she was his one and only child. Besides her, he had no son or daughter. When he saw her, he tore his clothes and said, Alas, my daughter, you have brought me very low, and you are among those who trouble me, for I have given my word to the Lord, and I cannot take it back. So she said to him, My father, you have given your word to the Lord. Do to me as you have said, since the Lord has avenged you of your enemies, the sons of Ammon. She said to her father, Let this thing be done for me. Let me alone two months, that I may go to the mountains and weep because of my virginity, I and my companions. Then he said, Go. So he sent her away for two months, and she left with her companions, and wept on the mountains because of her virginity. At the end of the two months she returned to her father, who did to her according to the vow which he had made, and she had no relations with a man. Thus it became a custom in Israel that the daughters of Israel went yearly to commemorate the daughter of Jephthah, the Gileadite, four days in the year. Now, that's kind of a lengthy passage, and I hope that uh, um, you didn't let you know the difficult uh, words uh, get to you there. Uh, there are some tongue twisters in some parts of Scripture. But let's get down to the heart of the matter here. Jephthah, well, let me take a step back. When you read the book of Judges, you, you might want to um, have moments when you read it uh, and then go outside and play in the sun for a little while because because this book is is it's not like the highlight of Israel's history. One of the main things about Judges is that we are told that it was a time when everybody did what was right in their own eyes. Now, I know something about the human heart that I need to tell you, and that is, if we do whatever we think is right, chaos is going to follow. And I don't mean funny haha chaos, I mean absolute terror chaos. The human heart is capable of all kinds of things, and if we rely on our own morality, we're going to go in a really bad direction. I had a friend one time who claimed to know Christ and then became an atheist. And he was talking to me. And he said, and I said, well, you know, your life is going to change. And he said, no, 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 my morals won't change because I've become an atheist. Well, his life is going down in flames. So, yeah, if left without a the moral rudder of Scripture, your life can become chaotic. And that's what was going on to Israel in the book of Judges. 
So you got this nationwide sinfulness that's going on. And then you've got this guy by the name of Jephthah. Now, he was from Gilead, all right? He was a warrior. And we find that in Judges 11, 1. And Jephthah led a battle against the people of Ammon. And he was to secure a victory over the Ammonites. So in order to do that, Jephthah made a vow to the Lord. And we see that in Judges 11.30. So in Judges 11.30 it says, Jephthah made a vow to the Lord and said, If you will indeed give the sons of Ammon into my hand, then it shall be that whatever comes out of the doors of my house to meet me when I return in peace from the sons of Ammon, it shall be the Lord's, and I will offer it up as a burnt offering. Now that's uh, Judges 11, 30 and 31. So, big deal. What, what's, what's the big deal about this? Well, think a moment of what Jephthah has just promised. Now, if you don't know about the Old Testament sacrifices, a burnt offering was where you slaughtered an animal, you would cut it up into parts, and you would burn on a fire. You would burn those parts. So, oh, if you hear my dogs in the background, yeah, that's just the sound of my house. So, um, don't pay attention to the dogs. So, it was customary for generals to make a promise to their god, to offer something of value in order to have victory over their enemies. So Jephthah was doing what generals usually do. But vows, and, and let me say this, vows were a common practice among the Israelites. So we can go back into Leviticus 27:28, and in there, oh, my dogs are very, very vocal today. Maybe they want to start their own podcast. Nevertheless, in Leviticus 27:28 we read this, nevertheless anything which passes, or excuse me, anything which a man sets apart to the Lord out of all that he has of man or of animal or of the fields of his own property shall not be sold or redeemed. Anything devoted to destruction is most holy to the Lord. So in other words, if you were to say I'm going to sacrifice something to the Lord, God expected you to sacrifice that something. So, and this starts giving us the weight of how God looks at vows. Vows are important to God, a, a promise or an oath. We are supposed to keep our promises. Now, we don't always do that, but we are supposed to. And it's, it's a sin whenever we don't keep our promises. So just, you know, file all that away. So let's move on here. Now, for Jephthah's vow, the only thing that I could really say is this is a very foolish vow. His wording seems to point to vowing a human sacrifice. So what he vows is whatever comes out of the doors of my house, which seems to not mean an animal, um, obviously an inanimate object like a table or a chair or food will not it's not going to come out of out of Jephthah's house on its own so what was Jephthah thinking here 
Well, the answer to that is, I don't know what he was thinking. Unfortunately, the one first coming out of Jephthah's house after his victory over the Ammonites is his daughter. We see that in Judges 11.34. So let's put some puzzle pieces together here. We have a guy that wants to win a battle and he goes to God and he says, um, he makes this vow that whatever, you know, if God will just give him victory, when he gets home, whatever comes out of his house first is going to be sacrificed to the Lord. It's going to be a burnt offering. Well, more than likely, unless Jephthah lived in a barn, more than likely it wasn't going to be an animal. It wasn't going to be an object. It was going to be a human being. And there's the foolishness of Jephthah. I don't know if he misspoke. I don't know if he intended this. But we go on and Jephthah keeps his vow. Now, there was a time period when he lets his daughter go. But you can see, you can, we read in the text how Jephthah was absolutely crushed. And again, I'm still questioning, what was he thinking? But he's crushed whenever his daughter comes out. And he intends to keep this vow. Now, some people suggest that Jephthah offered his daughter as a perpetual virgin to the Lord. And it does say in the text that, you know, she was sad because she she never knew a man. She never got married. She never she she was a virgin. But I think she was sad because she was going to be a virgin because she was going to die before she got married. That's my honest um, interpretation of this. Um, now, for those that suggest that, that Jephthah's daughter was going to be you know, just a perpetual virgin, um, they, they will most likely point to the daughter's you know, to the daughter herself weeping because of her virginity. And we find that in Judges 11, 37 through 39. But in reality, it seems to me as though Jephthah did really sacrifice his daughter to God. And um, that that is beyond the pale of my imagination. You would usually put your hand on an animal, if you were an Israelite, and you were going to sacrifice an animal. You would usually put your animal or your your hand on the animal's head, and that was to identify that this animal is dying because of your sin or because of of you. And you would slit the animal's throat. The animal would bleed out. And in the case of a burnt offering, you would start cutting up the animal. Um, after the animal died, and you would burn different parts of the animal on a fire. Guys, I think that's what happened here. I, I know you may say, that's not in the Bible. Yeah, it is. It is in Scripture, and I am convinced that's exactly what Jephthah did. Now, it's difficult to think about this, but we have to remember this was a dark time in Israel, and this isn't. This is not an excuse, but this is a dark time in Israel. And when people turn their backs on God and do whatever they want to do, they're capable of doing anything. And in this case, 
Jephthah had the morality to say, well, if I made a vow, I must keep it. But it was misguided because he did an immoral thing by offering up his daughter as a sacrifice. That's just crazy. Now, there's a commentator that notes that um, the Gileadite vows to give whatever comes out, you know, Jephthah's vow, to, to, to give whatever comes out of his house and to offer it as a burnt offering. Um, that, that, that was just literally what happened. So, the, um, this weird event, and I mean, it is weird, is one of the many strange things, one of the evil things that took place in Israel during the time of the book of Judges. It was a dark time. It was a time when people, some people held on to a remnant of being religious, but with their own morality. That always ends up bad. It just, that, well, that's, that's what you start calling a cult, is when you leave the morality of the Bible and start doing things your own way. Well, where am I going with this? Well, where I'm going is a couple of things that we can learn. Number one, God does not endorse this. This is not something where God is... You will never see human sacrifices uh, as far as burnt offerings or killing people endorsed in the Bible. God does not want that. In the Old Testament, there were animals that were sacrificed. There were foods that were sacrificed. Now, the only human sacrifice that we find endorsed in the Bible is the sacrifice of devotion, where someone comes to Christ and they give themselves to Christ. But that is not taking a knife to someone's throat or, or ending their life. That is a change of heart, a devotion to God. And yeah, there are parts of us that will die because we're sinful, and when we start following Christ, our lives change. But it's certainly nothing like, you know, putting somebody on an altar and killing them, taking their, their physical life. So you won't find that idea in Scripture, and what Jephthah did here was wrong. But it brings up a little bit of a dilemma. What do we do whenever we make a vow to God that's foolish? Have you ever done that? Well, me too. Sometimes we say and we make promises that are just goofy or that we just can't keep. Sometimes we will make promises that are evil. Let me give you an example. Let's say that someone is not a believer and they are in a fit of rage and they make a promise to kill somebody and they make that promise seriously and there it is well should they keep that promise no no they shouldn't it would be better to break a promise of doing something evil than to do that evil thing now when you break a promise you are still sinning but it's always better it's always better to choose 
the right thing to do. And when you break a promise, even though you're sinning, that's true, but you, you can confess that. You don't want to continue on doing the wrong thing. And what Jephthah should have done here is, should have said, I made a foolish vow. You know, Lord, I confess that I made a foolish vow, and I can't keep this vow. He should have never killed his daughter. We have to be very, very careful when we make a promise. And I know, you know sometimes we'll make a promise that, that is a good thing to do, and we still can't keep it. That happens. Things like that will happen. We confess, and we move on. But sometimes we make an oath. You know, have you ever heard somebody say, you know, I swear to God. Well, we're not supposed to do that because our word should be our bond anyway. We don't have to back it up by saying, well, you know, if lightning strike, you know, if I'm, if I'm lying, let, let lightning strike me. We shouldn't be living that way. And when we make a promise, we should intend to keep it. One of the things that come, comes to my head in that case is the promise of marriage. When we make it, that's what a marriage ceremony is. It's a covenant. It's a promise ceremony that two people are going to stay with and love each other. Well, we need to keep those promises. But when we fail to keep them, we need to confess and then get back up and get going again. And we are human, and sometimes we fail to keep our promises. We need to be careful what promises we make, and we also need to make sure that we keep the promises that we can keep. And that's important because we should be people that tell the truth. Now, if you're an unbeliever and you're listening to me and you think, well, what's the big deal? You know, if you lie, you lie. Well, nobody wants to be lied to. Nobody wants to be deceived or defrauded. And when you make a promise and you don't follow through, it's, it's fraud. You know, it, that's just what it is. But yet, at the same time, if you make a promise to do something evil, it's better to not fulfill that promise and to do the right thing. Well, I hope that that um, kind of gives you some juicy tidbits from the Bible and also gives you uh, a little bit of uh, food for thought there. Um, if you have questions on this, uh, because some of the things I said in here were a little strange about, you know, you know and, um, choose choose the right thing to do and, and and sometimes we have to choose the lesser of two evils um, if you want to know more about vows and oaths and things like that um, look into your Bible but you can also write to me if you have questions if you have something that you would like to add or something that you would like to say hey what about this or what about that write to me and uh, Maybe we can, uh, if you have a question, we can put it on the air and uh, put it on the podcast. So I would love to converse with you. My email address is randy at creationanew.com. And you can email me and, and uh, um, I'll be more than happy to answer. Maybe you are looking for a good church. Well, I've got two good churches if you live in the central or west central Indiana area, there are two churches. One is um, Mount Pleasant Christian Church of Hall, and it is located at 5830 West Hurt, H-U-R-T Road. 
46157. It's in Monrovia, Indiana. And um, Mount Pleasant Christian Church uh, of Hall is a place where I pastor. We are an independent church. We are not part of the Christian denomination. But we teach scripture. We don't want to go beyond what scripture says or stop short. We just want to teach scripture. So that's what you're going to find there. You'll also find people that are imperfect um, and they are trying to grow in Christ and they would invite you to come uh, along with them. Now the service times start at 10 o'clock at, uh, at um, Mount Pleasant Christian Church of Hall. The second church that I would recommend is in Mooresville, Indiana, and it is the second church that I pastor, and that is Community Church of Mooresville. They're located at 61 West Harrison Street, Mooresville, Indiana, 46158. Their service times are 11.15 in the morning. So the service times at Hall uh, are at 10 o'clock. The service time at um, Community Church of Mooresville is 11:15. That just gives my wife and I time to travel between the two churches. So what you're going to find at Community Church of Mooresville is you're going to find people who will love you and people who are imperfect and you're also going to find people who want to grow. We teach scripture there as well. So you can choose either of those churches. So if you live in Martinsville, Mooresville, Monrovia, Greencastle, Cloverdale, Avon, Plainfield, Indianapolis, Speedway, Indiana, um, Greenwood, Indiana, any of those places, I would love for you to come. If you don't have a home church, if you don't have a church that's teaching scripture, come and test either Mount Pleasant Christian Church of Hall or Community Church of Mooresville. Thank you guys for time. Thank you for supporting this podcast. And just let me say this. I don't take any of you for granted. I don't want, I don't want to do that. I just appreciate you all. Tell others, if you want to see this podcast grow, tell others about this podcast. Uh, you can find us on on Google Podcasts, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Anchor, all kinds of places. Uh, just look us up, Creation Anew, and, uh, and, and listen. The other ways that you can support is, number one, you can, um, you can pray for this ministry. Thank you for praying for me. Uh, I am just a human being, and I make mistakes, and I do things wrong sometimes. Uh, so thank you for praying for me. The other way that you can support this podcast is you can support us on Anchor. Now, Anchor is a, a platform where you um, you have different types of podcasts that are going on. Ours is one of just many uh, podcast, but on Anchor, you can listen and uh, and and support this podcast. So, with that, there is a, a particular place that you can go, and I'm just gonna pull it up right here. It's you can specifically um, support this podcast if you will go to Anchor.fm backslash creation. Dash anew. 
anchor.fm backslash creation dash anew and you can find the different platforms that we we uh, are available and you can also support monetarily let me say though if you decide to support this ministry in a monetary fashion you I, I only really would ask you do that if you are currently supporting your family and supporting your home church do not sacrifice those two things to give any funds to this ministry but if you are you know paying your bills you're taking care of your family and you're taking care of uh, of your church's needs and you have extra you're more than welcome to uh, to support this ministry so guys thank you so much for your time I really appreciate it and until next time bye bye